0: Hey, you want, no, uh, yeah, that's what you're do. Are you going to use the handle?
1: Good. As soon as I get finished with this, I will push it over to the side.
0: This ain't going to bother you, my song. Being
1: right here. No. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the throne of God. This is Liberty Baptist Church, but it's the throne of God because where two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, Jesus is there, and since He is at the throne of God now. He brings everything that's at the throne to us. Are you all ready for that blessing tonight? Say amen. 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 So let's go to the throne in prayer, and then I'm going to ask Phyllis to come and lead us in praise and worship this evening. Father God, we come before your throne, and we ask for you to fall on us with your spirit, that brooding spirit that raises us up above the circumstances and situations of our lives. Because we've got circumstances and situations. We need Almighty God to come in here and say, Your circumstances do not control you. Your situations do not control you. I, the Lord, am your strength and your resolve. And we trust in you, Lord, this evening as we come before the throne. Now, in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says? Amen. And now it's time for Phyllis to come and listen. Do y'all
2: like to stand? I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Lord Because you brought me From a mighty, a mighty long way A mighty long way I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Lord Cause you brought me, yes, you brought me From a mighty, a mighty long way You've been my bread You've been my water You've been my life My everything And you brought me From a mighty, a mighty long way A mighty long way You've been my bread You've been my water You've been my life, my everything, and you brought me, yes, you brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way. You've been my mother, you've been my mother, you've been my sister, my brother too, and you brought me From a mighty, a mighty long way A mighty long way You've been my father You've been my mother You've been my sister My brother too And you brought me, yes, you brought me From a mighty, a mighty long way I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Jesus I thank you, Lord Cause you brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way, a mighty long way. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, you, Lord. Cause you brought me, yes, you brought me from mighty, a mighty long way. Thanks
1: for this is the will of God and we are gathering this evening and beginning with giving thanks. A couple of announcements. This Wednesday night will be the second Wednesday night of the month and we will be having the Lord's Supper of the Blood Covenant. You all weren't here this morning, especially Facebook Family Sermon Audio. Friends, we had an amazing service this morning. God was with us and we had the uh, Lord's Supper of the Blood Covenant this morning. If you know of anybody that you want to be involved with God, get them here on Wednesday night. Hound them. Chase them down. Tell them I won't hound you for another two weeks, but if you don't come, I'm going to promise you I'm going to be hounding you all the time. Get them here so they can participate in that blood covenant. This Wednesday morning at 11, the women will be having their special praise and uh, worship and prayer time. Bring your Bible ladies. That's going to be in the church library. You come around the building, you find where it says office and you need to come in there. They will look at you and they'll say, well, honey, get on in here. So that's this, this coming Wednesday morning. This coming Saturday morning at 9 a.m. I know it's tough for the men to get up at 9 a.m. on Saturday. But we're having our prayer breakfast on that day, and it won't be in the building. It'll be down at the elementary building. Maybe, I'm not sure if I will we'll post it on Facebook. I'm sure all of y'all do Facebook, don't you? Anyway, I'm so very excited that we have Phyllis and Merle with us again this evening, and Phyllis is taking us to the first song. So, Phyllis, come on back up here and take us a little bit further. Pardon? When are you going to sing your song? All right. Yeah, see you there? I need all the help
3: I can get. Get on up here, brother. Come on up here. All right. There we go. Yeah. Here we go. All right. My God and I go in the fields together. We walk and talk, as good friends should and do. We clasp our hands, our voices ring with
2: laughter. My God and I walk
3: through the meadow. We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadow's view. He tells me all oh, the years that went before me, when heavenly plans were made for me to be. When all was but a dream of dim conception, to come to life, Earth's burden glory seeks. when all was born a dream of dim conception to come to life, Earth's burden glory seeks. my God and I will adore. Together. We'll walk and talk just as good friends and do. This earth will pass, and with it come in trifles, but God and I will go on ending. This earth will pass come in trifles, but God and I will go
2: more than I could ever conceive. Your love amazes me. It's higher than the mountains, and it's deeper than the me. Your love amazes me. Your love amazes me. It's more than I could ever conceive. Your love amazes me. It's higher than the conceive your love a man me Come uh-huh. Your song. Dog, on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade to Heard my despairing cry From the waters lifted me now safe of the waves Spirit is within me, because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven, because you are forsaken. I'm accepted, you are condemned. Your spirit is within me Because you died and rose again Amazing love How can it be That you, my King, would die for me Amazing love It's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I honor you. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing it's my joy to honor you in all I do I honor you amazing love how can it be that you my king would die for me amazing It's my joy to honor You in all I do. I
3: <laughs>
0: All right. I'm going to use something that sounds like Christmas, but I'm not really talking about Christmas here. You'll find out what I'm really talking about. When you look in your Bibles, Luke, the second chapter. Luke, the second chapter, the first verse. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor in Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. No room for them in the inn. Ah, give me a... Let me have one sip. (laughs) Oh it's water, okay.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I forgot this is a Baptist church, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Like an arrow which pierces the heart or a clap of thunder which startles so do the words of our text that grips the sensitivities of the believing Christian. There is a kind of pathos which surrounds the words of our Lord as we think about our Lord and Savior being born in a stable because there was no room for him in the inn. None to receive him. No room to receive Jesus. And so he is pushed out to the outer periphery to be born. The context and the circumstances and the characters different. But the malady of overcrowded and uncommitted and unconcerned lives remain. Even to this day. It's easy to accuse the innkeeper of all kinds of gross negligence. And put the total responsibility upon him for the mean circumstances in which Jesus was born. It's easy to debate whether or not the innkeeper did all that he possibly could do to provide Mary and Joseph with lodging in his inn. Jesus, however, faces the same problem today. Do you have room for Jesus? No room. Maybe one of the reasons we are inclined to come down hard on Bethlehem Innkeeper is because we feel guilty about doing the same thing to Jesus as the Innkeeper did, not leaving sufficient room in our hearts and in our lives to wholly receive Him when He comes. And so, consequently, whenever we look at Bethlehem Innkeeper, we ought to also. Look to our own hearts. It should be observed that the innkeeper displayed no hostility toward the first family of the new dispensation. It cannot be proven that he held any extra rooms from them. The account simply tells us he just didn't have room for Jesus. There was no room because others had arrived before Joseph and Mary. Now, if they had arrived earlier, they no doubt would have been accommodated. However, earlier arrivals had taken all the space. And although the innkeeper probably felt gratified for the increased business that the census was bringing to his town, he must have also been frustrated... Because he really had more business than he could handle. His facility was built to accommodate only so many persons. Listen to that again. This is important. Listen. His facility was built to accommodate only so many persons. With his inn being so overcrowded. And with so many requests. And demands he could give some attention to everybody he couldn't he he, but he, he didn't have time to help everybody the kind of specialized attention that they deserved or he might have been that he might have desired to give them special attention he didn't have time it's it's good to be busy it's good to be productive But sometimes our lives can be overcrowded to the point that we don't do much of anything very well. There are times in which we are exceptionally busy, in which we may fall behind, and then we have to run to catch up. But some of us have lives that are so overcrowded with commitments that we run all the time. Somebody told us that busyness was a sign of a productive life. So from the time we rise to the time we lay down, we are rushing and we're trying to get a lot done and we're worrying about how we're going to do it all well. And when we stop to think about it, much of what we worry about doing and most of what we run ourselves down doing, trying to do really It's really not that important. It's not that important. One of the hard realities that some of us need to face is the truth that we cannot do everything that we want to do without something being crowded out. When we are trying to hold down a full-time job or career, When we are trying to hold down a full-time marriage or a relationship, full-time, or maybe full-time child-rearing. A time-consuming and energy-draining church, a civic, lodge, or social involvement. Something or somebody is going to have to be, it's a crowded life. We don't have enough room physically, mentally, emotionally for everything. And everybody that we allow to make claims upon our lives we are only built to accommodate so much better to do a few things well than a lot of things sloppily at some point at some point we really need to decide what is necessary and what is optional what really must be done and what simply we just like to do. Otherwise we will find ourselves neglecting what we should not neglect. And giving our time and attention what we really could neglect. As our text demonstrates when life gets overcrowded. Jesus is often pushed out. God. The church and Jesus are considered to be expendable items on the many of our overcrowded dockets, while we waste our time on social engagements or some spur-of-the-moment item that we just have to have. A member once came to me in Muskogee Church. He said, Reverend, I hope you don't get mad at me, but you know, we just moved into our new house and we have to cut back on our giving to the church. I hope you understand. What was my reply? Well, I said, instead of cutting back on your stewardship to the one who made it possible for you to have your new house, why not cut back on some of your social activities? He was a country club man. I knew he belonged to country club because I I belonged to. Oh, well, don't know. We... We don't intend to crowd out our Savior. Other things have simply gotten in hold of our lives. Our lives have a number of earlier arrivals. Sins which give us pleasure. Habits that we uh, support uh, and maintain. Routines that we establish. Grudges that we nurse. Bad feelings that we cling to, and we don't let anything interfere with them. Consequently, we have no room and no energy, no time, no money left for Jesus. There were guests in the room, in that inn. They no doubt saw Mary's condition, but none of the early arrivals were willing to give up their places. Wrong. Listen. Wrong never willingly steps aside for right. Old habits never willingly step aside for change. Satan never willingly relinquishes his place to the Holy Spirit. He won't do it. Once routine has been established, once sin has gotten a foothold on us, we don't offer to give up their places to make room for Jesus. It's God. When He came, that's right. So while the innkeeper did business as usual, God did the unusual and brought forth a son born of a virgin, whose name was Jesus, because He would save their, His people from their sins. Although the birth took place on His property, the innkeeper didn't even know what was happening in his own backyard. He wasn't alerted to the Christ event that was taking place right under his nose. Shepherds. Shepherds. The poorest of the poor. Shepherds on the other side of town. They were watching their flocks by night. And they were told of the Savior's birth and were invited to the celebration by the angels. Wise men. In a distant land read the message of a newborn king being born, and they came to worship him. But the innkeeper in whose stable all of this was happening was not invited to that celebration. It wasn't that the innkeeper was being snubbed. Heaven simply reasoned that anybody who was too busy to make room for Jesus' birth and his end would also be too busy to come to his party and celebrate his coming into the world. He's just too busy. Don't bother him. Let us never allow, never allow our hearts, never allow our lives to become so overcrowded that we fail to be a part of what God may be doing right here in our midst, right under our very noses, right in our own backyards, right here in our church, in our church. God is moving, Jesus is moving, the Holy Spirit is moving in this church. Let us be aware of it. Open our eyes, open our hearts to that which Jesus is doing. God's Spirit may be pouring out blessings all around us, but because our lives are so crowded with trivialities, because our lives are so crowded with some game playing, some turf guarding, Some petty politics because our hearts are so full of hell and our minds so full of venom. We don't have room to receive Jesus who wants to be born again in our lives. It's dangerous, very dangerous when we allow our hearts and our lives to become so crowded that the things and the cares of this world uh, keep us from hearing God's word clear to us if we have not found room enough in our hearts and lives for Jesus to be born (laughs) then we will not be part of the celebration when he comes back again with the power of the angels in his hands and the glory of the heavens wrapped around his shoulders to claim his bride the church then we will not be invited to that party when he comes again The good news is Jesus has promised that if we make room for Him, He's going to make room for us. He told His disciples (coughs) in John 14, I'm going away, but let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is knocking on your door. Jesus is knocking on your door. Are you hearing? Can you feel in the Spirit? Do you have room in your heart and in your lives for Jesus? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us sing. I wonder if the pastor would come and open the doors of the church and, and, and to uh, uh, give an offering and ask people that want to be saved, want to accept Jesus as their Savior, want to repent of their sins. Yes. Would you come pastor? Sure. Day?
1: Tonight, you've been given the challenge to open your life to Jesus Christ. Are you ready to let Him be Lord over everything? Have you decided that, oh, there's a portion of my life I've asked Him to take control of, but I'm not willing to give Him all of me? Then you're going to have lots of heartaches because He will not take what you will not give. He will not come in like a shout and move upon you in the way that you need to. He will not do that. You need to give yourself into Him. You need to say, Lord Jesus, I don't have enough room, but I'm willing to give up everything that I can because I need everything that you want to give to me. Let's all stand. Come to the throne or come to the forward this evening and give yourself to Jesus as we come together in Jesus'
2: name. Without him I could do nothing without